0: Happy Easter, everybody, wherever you are, whether you're an Easter observer or not. I hope it's a lovely day. I want to tell you about an adventure on Easter in Kiev, Ukraine, 10 years ago. Certainly an adventure I'll never forget. We were visiting some very dear friends of ours who live there, and they're both very involved in, among other things, the music world, which is very big in that part of the world. So... My dear friend Oksana sang in the choir of an ancient old church down in the old part of Kiev, down by the river. So, naturally, we were going to attend Easter services. The services in the Orthodox Church are called All Night Standing. And they're called all-night standing because in the Eastern Orthodox Church, there aren't any seats, so you have no choice but to stand up unless you are the czar or the patriarch, in which case you're allowed to sit down. The idea being one should not sit in the presence of God. Now, a tiny little history lesson for those of you who might not be aware. The Eastern Orthodox Church split away permanently from the Western Church that we think of centered in Rome as the Catholic Church, in 1054, the big schism, which had been brewing for years, actually for hundreds of years, for reasons that were both political and theological. So at that point, the Greek Orthodox, which grew to include the Ukrainian Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox, and many other Eastern European countries Orthodox, Had their headquarters in Constantinople, now Istanbul, and the Western Church, the Catholic Church, that then through the Reformation turned into all sorts of other things, was centered in Rome. So the thing that's interesting about those two churches is that the Eastern Church emphasizes the resurrection, the Western Church emphasizes the crucifixion. So I would go down on the side of the Eastern Church based on that. So, my friend Oksana sang in the choir, a choir that was way up high in this ancient church. They actually had two choirs, a people's choir, which was on the main level. And I think that was supposed to be not a very good choir, (laughs) presumably representing people who aren't very good. I'm not quite sure about that. And the one that was really high up that she sang in was referred to as the angelic choir for obvious reasons. So I knew that she was going to sing in the choir, and I knew that we were going to go with her. What I didn't know was that this was really high up, and there were no stairs, and there were no ladders as we think of them coming out at an angle. There were iron U-shaped rods, so to speak, that were just embedded in the wall, so you had to climb up this wall like a fly. And since I had on a dress and dress shoes, I was not properly dressed for climbing up a wall, but nevertheless managed to make it up there without falling on the heads of the people below me. I don't know how high this was up. It was way more than just a second story because when I looked over the railing down at the people and the tops of their heads, they looked like they were really far away. So the way they conduct their services is that they quickly get over the crucifixion part in an hour between 11 o'clock at night and midnight. Then at the stroke of midnight, all the priests and all the congregation will walk around the church three times, go back in, and then very, very early on Sunday morning, they begin the resurrection part. Now, of course, we could not understand one single word, which was no problem because most of the service is sung. The priests sing and the choirs sing back. So who cares what the words were? And because I love listening to them sing, so in this small little choir loft, and there were probably 18 or 20 singers, I positioned myself directly in front of those gorgeous bass voices. I was about four feet away, maybe three feet away. Well, I could have stayed there the rest of my life. The sound of those beautiful voices right immediately in my ear was just something I'll never forget. And the way all this ends up is that the service for the resurrection part lasts about three to three and a half hours. Then you go outside in this ancient little courtyard. Everybody stands around with their baskets of Easter eggs and food and whatnot. But the main thing is that the priest comes around and sprinkles holy water. Well, you know, you might think of a few little drops of holy water, but he's got this thing that looks like a small mop so that when he gets you, you've really gotten wet. There is no doubt that you've been soaked with holy water. Now, This brings us to the issue of resurrection because resurrection means coming back to life. It does not mean rebirth. That's the word renaissance. But resurrection implies we were alive. We somehow then weren't. And once again, we're coming back to life. And that's kind of the way we are when we live an ego-driven, it's-all-about-me life. That's kind of not really being alive. I've sung in a lot of choral groups. And I know, for me, that kind of giving the best that you've got to a group endeavor is much more fulfilling and marvelous than just being really good at what I do on an individual basis, People who sing in choirs, people who play on teams of every imaginable sort, know that feeling of being part of the whole. It's marvelous. What can I say? And it's wonderful if you can play a violin solo and you may be fabulous. And I love to listen to that, but I would much rather listen to a full-blown orchestra where everyone is is contributing their part to just that magnificent whole. So it's interesting that a lot of us say, I don't want to let go of my ego. I don't want to stop being a separate self because I'm afraid that I will just get lost in the cosmic stew. Well, you know what? I've never been lost in the cosmic stew or lost my sense of identity singing with a group or being part of a group endeavor, I'm sure no football player has ever felt diminished or small or not himself because he was playing wonderfully on a team. So we've gotten our stories confused about all this. So when we decide, I think I want to be fully who I am instead of a little star all by myself, things are going to get better. That's the whole point. We need to ask for help in opening up, because opening up to be part of whatever experience I happen to actually be in is the entire point. That can range from an experience of being very sad. Fine, be sad. Don't close down to it. It can be something wonderful. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is being fully open to experiencing whatever that is. It means being fully open to asking for help, to be part of the whole that we actually are already part of. So this is not suddenly becoming part of the whole. It's the coming back to an awareness or coming back to life that we are most who we are. We're most distinctly and individually and happily who we really are when we are totally part of the one, and we experience that in our lives by being part of the team, part of the choir, part of the group putting on a project, part of dishing out food at the soup kitchen. It's the being part of. It's why people come together to be gang members. All of us want to come together, and that is a reflection of our innermost desire to come back to a realization of our actual state of oneness, which we haven't lost but surely have forgotten. So resurrection is in fact coming back to the awareness of where we never left and what we never stopped to be, which is a unique priceless aspect of the whole. So coming alive is a lot better than deciding to stay dead or to stay anonymous or to stay separate or to stay lost. Doesn't that sound dismal compared to coming back alive? So it looks like actually once we mercifully let go of It's All About Me in all of its dissatisfaction, we all belong in that angelic choir after all. Happy coming back to life. Bye.